welcome to another episode of Talking with Kevin and Son. This is brought to you by RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. And through the power of the story, our mission is to uplift, share stories and experience and perspectives using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. Our purpose is hope, helping other people every, every single day. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am bringing you someone that is a friend, someone, someone that is a inspiration to yours truly. She's an award-winning host, an executive producer with a five-star rating for the TV show, uh, Tina Ramsey Show. She's also a podcast host, so she is a sister to this industry. 300 million people worldwide follow her. She is also the CEO, founder, editor-in-chief, and publisher of Homeschooling Magazine, and so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to sit back, relax, and open your ears and your hearts to listening to my sister from across the way, Miss Tina, Tina, Tina Ramsey. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Miss Tina? I am doing amazing. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for being um, and honoring us with uh, your um, your energy, your power, um, your passion. I mean, we've we've talked um, a couple of times, and I've learned so much more about you. I've shared some things about about me that most people don't know, and I'm hoping that we give a sneak peek to who Tina is before she became Tina Ramsey, award-winning talk show host. And um, I'm hoping to, to inspire another little girl that wants to be the next Tina. Um, the same way we've all in, were inspired by Oprah and you know Denzel and you know Mr. Bozeman and a lot of other people that look like us that dreams big. So I'm hoping that we touch someone at the end of this episode. So um, I want you to sit back and relax, and I want to take you back to someplace you probably have not been in a very long time. And be be my guest, you've probably been there talking and sharing your experience. But you are now today a junior in high school back in your hometown. And right now I'm walking through the hallways and I'm going past some of your classmates, some of your best friends. If I were to ask them today, who is Tina Ramsey, the junior year of her high school? Who would they say Tina Ramsey is? And what do you think that she they would say as to what you have become? That's a good question. Now, I have never been asked that before, so this is good. I know. Um, <laughs> junior high school, let me go way back. Let me see. Yeah, 10 um, years. 10 years go way back. I, no, we, we, you better double up on some of that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you look very young. You look very no, young. No, no, no. I've been out of school 20 years. So, wow. uh, so go, okay, I'm going back to middle school. Um, my uncle, was a middle school science teacher. So therefore I couldn't get out of line that much because he always made sure he, <laughs> he took a look at all report cards, talked to all my teachers along with my parents as well. So I couldn't get out of line, but uh, most uh, ones in middle school, they will look back and they just would see like a bubbly girl. I was a part of the double dutch team. So we had competitions. I was on the band, uh, one of the leaders on the band, um, teaching ones how to play instruments and going to different competitions and competitions all over, winning first place. And I loved, I loved music because music was a way, was an escape for me. I'm an only child, even though I'm amongst many people and a lot of people call me sister. 
A lot of people call me auntie. A lot of people uh, call me these names because and very endearing, but honestly, I am an only child. Um, and so my parents raised me to not be an only child. They always thought about oneself. So they kept me involved in a lot of volunteer activities and made me share everything I had. Even if we had more than one thing, I would have to share with all my cousins. I had to share with everybody because they wanted me to operate in servitude, being grateful and not thinking too much of oneself. Now, I didn't understand it back then, but now I'm grateful that they raised me in such a way because many times when people meet me, they were like, you're only child? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't have, there's no more Tina. That's not, that's not a brother or a sister. It's only me. I'm the first and the last, <laughs> you know? Hmm. And so, um, so going back, um, I was always that girl that was very studious, loved playing music. I sang a lot, did a lot of fashion shows and competition and just, I just love to smile and make people laugh. I was that girl that can help you study and also make you laugh at the same time. Teachers actually came to me for advice, which was, <laughs> they said I had an old soul and children came to me for advice. So I was, guess I would say that confidant that everyone, when they knew they needed a safe place, they would come to me to, uh, to talk, to laugh, to cry. And they knew that their secrets would be safe with me. That's all right. Parents, mom and dad, I take it they were in the picture from day one all the time they still are yeah right. they're still together to this day if i was to ask your parents who was their favorite child who would they say it's only me so <laughs> yeah no other choice it's only me <laughs> uh but let me ask you this all right i always say especially when i'm talking to, to young men especially young men that are bringing children into the world you know um your father is the first man that you learn to love is normally going to be reflected in your choices when you come to partners in life or your, your husband. Your mother is the person that teaches you how to be a woman, how to educate yourself, and how to be strong. All right. I gave an, uh, a very short abbreviation of the impact that most parents are supposed to have on the child. When you are standing on stage, giving your roses to your mom and dad, all right, I'm going to take you a little back a little bit. Please give me the roses for your dad. And please give the other two or three dozen roses to your mom. What is your speech? Well, for my dad, he being a um, only child as well, that wasn't the initial plan, but we happened to both be only children. My dad always wanted to make sure that because he didn't have his dad, his biological dad in his life. He wanted to always make sure that any children that he had knew that they was valued, knew that they was worthy and knew that they was loved. So whether it was boy, whether it was girls, he always wants you to feel safe and know that if you can't depend on anybody else, you can always depend on your dad. So my dad, he taught me uh, confidence. He taught me the ability to allow myself to trust because he always made it very, very uh, easy for me to follow his lead. Because I'm a person, I am, I am a Christian, so I do follow the guidelines that set forth in the Bible in regards to man being the head of the household, as well as that. So my daddy showed me that true leadership and submission is not a hard thing to do when you're led by the right person. 
Um, it can be a balancing act of listening and working with your partner in a positive, productive way, making sure that each party has a voice. And so when I saw how he operated with my mom over the years, she always, always had a voice. And most of the time, yeah, when it was beneficial to the family, he went along with her <laughs> on different stuff because it benefited with the family. But when I also saw him take the lead when he felt like, no, this is not the direction the family needs to go. We need to go this way. I know you feel strongly about this, but follow me on this and I'll explain to you why. And she was able to follow his lead. And so with me growing up, leadership, headship, um, I'm, I want everyone to know that the true black man is not the stereotype that you see on these movies Amen. and these TV screens where they're not there for their children. That, that, that is a small percentage of the black experience. For the most of the part, we have stand up dads, stand up fathers that are there to teach their daughters about true love and how not to accept anything less than up because from birth, we are born a princess and we grow up to be a queen. My mother taught me how to be a queen. When I was born, she, the queen of the house. I was the princess getting raised to be put on the throne of my own king, my own king of being a queen later on when I got married. So I always, my dad, I remember Valentine's Day, my dad would buy my mom things and send it to work. And he will also buy me things and send it to school. Like, love you, buy me different stuff like that. And they're like, who did that? I said, my daddy. They was like, your daddy, my daddy don't never give me. I'm like, my daddy always buy me. He buy me a smaller version of whatever my mom had. So I always felt special. Now, as for my mom, she taught me the grace of true submission in a positive way, not the way that we see uh, on media where a woman it lose her voice. She taught me how to navigate, how to nurture, how to love, how to balance budgets, how to uh, handle your royal position in a dignified and classy way. That you did not have to show everything that you have to offer. Leave it to the imagination and make that person want to find out more. But if you already have it all on the plate, they don't have to. So she taught me just how to be a woman, how to be a graceful woman and uh, how to have fun too. my mom and dad, because we all dance and we all sing. So they knew how to have boundaries and set limits, but also, and they were strict in some ways, but that strictness was just as a benefit to nurture me, to protect me. And as I grew older, I realized those rules that they had in place was not to hold me in, but to protect me and also teach me how to walk and maneuver myself in life and how to speak um, with respect when I'm speaking to uh, men, when I'm speaking to women, when I'm speaking to my elders, when I'm speaking amongst children my own age, how to have helpful, healthy conversations with uh with my peers and everyone around me so yes i was much older than my years because my parents instilled in me that wisdom from a very very young age i didn't appreciate it then but now as i grow up i'm like wow and so i do the same thing with my children as well and take it up a, another notch uh in various ways because they laid the beautiful uh blueprint for me in regards to everything it is to be a woman, everything it is to see 
um, what a real man is, to see what a real woman is and show how to work together where no one loses their voice. So I appreciate my parents so much. Well, that's all right. So you just brought up family. So we're going to fast forward to present day life. All right. Husband, children, um, boys, girls, lots of them. No, I just have to. <laughs> I just one did boy, one more better than my parents. <laughs> one boy, one girl or both? One boy, one girl. They're actually uh, 16 and 17 now. Um, my daughter graduated high school this year and my son is in a temporary. So um, they have their own voice. Um, I raise them to know what respect is and what it isn't, what is emotional abuse versus verbal. Because many times we think about physical, but it's a lot of different things that children can endure from a, an emotional, from a verbal situation that they're not, they're not privy to understand, oh, this is not a good friendship. This is toxic. You know, so I teach them things that normally a parent wouldn't teach them because the world that we live in has made it such that I have to teach them things earlier, especially having a young black male boy, helping him to understand that why he can't wear a hood in certain places, why he can't have his hands in his pockets when you in certain areas of town because of the stigma of the color of our skin, even though you're a well-rounded law-abiding citizen, but everyone else see you as such. So, um, but also not letting that take away your dignity, your pride, and be, you being a young man, you deserve respect, okay? And so, but of course the current, the environment that we live in today has made many parents like myself have to expedite that hard reality to our children way sooner due to what's happening in the world today, but also making sure they have a safe haven at home that even if things don't always go as planned, they always have a safe place to be with their parents and also their grandparents. We're always there for them um, regardless. If they make a mistake or not, we're here to help you. And you can always tell us anything, even if you're afraid, tell us anything. Um, we have this no judgment policy in our home where if it's something that, that you can come and they were like, I just need you to listen. And I listen and then we find realistic solutions to that problem and work through it as a family. Now, let me ask you a question. I had this conversation um, um, just a couple of days ago when they were talking about the Whoopi Goldberg situation and Joe Rogan situation. And this is not the first time someone's ever said this. He bitched and moaned about, and I part of my uh, language, but I'm going to say it just for, for what it is, about what he witnessed when he saw the George Floyd uh, murder. He said incident, and I said murder. Mm-hmm. When he saw our people uh, marching in the street, the only thing he saw was uh, people looting. And then he turned and told me, he goes, you don't fit in that category. And I said, why? He goes, because you're educated. Amongst our people and amongst other people, they look at our successes and our current environment. And for some reason, I don't know if you experienced this, but I know I've had to have this conversation with my sons and it's broken my heart because everyone thinks that we have come a long way and I think we're falling behind. Mm-hmm. When you're explaining to your children that live a life of privilege, not only a black privilege, they live a life of privilege in life itself. And we're trying to teach them 
and share the education we had through the experience. Because you know, back on back on our time, this having even having this platform was non-existent to have yeah. access to media. And we'll talk about our position in, in media. I know how I feel breaks my heart. I don't know how it feels coming from a woman that has a heart and has the ability to bring a life in the world because that, that feeling is much deeper when you have to have a conversation that says, this is your reality, but explain to me when you sit down with your son being a black male with great potential and access to great opportunity, what his responsibility is and what he, he needs to understand how to navigate this system. And then in the same breath, have that conversation with your daughter. Mm. Um, is it, just thinking about it makes me emotional because for the fact when you raise your children to love everyone and to have the harsh reality that everyone would not love them back, not because they did something to them, just because of the way, the, way they look. Um, and so my son is very fair skinned. So he's, so in our culture, we'll say light skin. Okay. Right. So it puts him in a different category, not only amongst individuals that don't look like him, but within our own culture, because we have the color dividing within our, our own, own biases, within our own culture. So he's light skinned, which means, uh, the lighter you are, the more opportunities Sad to say, you can get, you can have because your skin is more fair. Now, my daughter is more brown. She's, she's, she's more like a pecan complexion. So having two children, one a male, one a girl, one more dark than the other one and having to explain the difference of why this will, this may possibly happen is very, very perplexing to me. However, I knew that I had to address these topics, helping him to understand, yes, your mom is in media. So therefore things that you want to do in media, I have access, I can help you. However, when it comes to you working with other people within the industry, sometimes you will not be able to get your pinky toe in the door because you are a black man. And then they read the constitution. I teach them the U, um, U.S. government and the constitution, right? But mom, this is what it said. I said, that's what it says, but that's not always what happens. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, that's not, not actually what it, what it says. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, so it's just, it's just a process of sharing with them some experiences that I personally had growing up in a rural town in South Carolina, actually coming to terms with being about a seven-year-old girl so excited to go shopping with my mom on a Saturday and we go to this store up downtown and I see in the corner of this big window store saying whites only with cobwebs on it and I'm like mom can we go in here I'm saying yes I said mom on the sign it says whites only she said oh that's how it used to be but it's not like that anymore I said I don't know if I want to really go in and she said, I want you to go in to look and see what your aunts, what your, what your family members could not see. I want you to just go see what it is. So you will never be curious again, because they can't tell us not to come in here anymore. They might not want us in here, but list, I want you to experience it. So because perspective, we think they had something better, you know? So I walked in the store and I looked around. And I took everything in and I was like, this is not really anything special. I like I, the stores that we go to a little bit better. And she says, see, 
they had the same clothes we had, the same different stuff like that. So I'm just like, but why was we closed out? And so it's just a whole lot of different questions. So telling them not only from what they read in books, but real life experiences from myself, my dad was shared with him, share with them how he was in a segregated school and how when they start integrating how the blacks was on one side of school and the whites was on the other side and it was about to be a riot. Uh, it was just a lot of different things growing up in a small town and how even the public pool, once they went integrated, they actually closed the pool down because of a black child got into the pool in our local town. So when my dad was small. And so just knowing all those different things and putting our family history on it and also showing them the progression of our family from being, you know, from slavery all the way up into uh, being uneducated for a long time, being able to just go to school for maybe to the third grade and how just my aunt, my oldest aunt, she was the first person to finish high school. She was the first person to finish high school in our family. That wasn't too many generations back, you know? And so seeing that for the most part, a lot of our relatives um, on one side of the family was illiterate for a very, very long time. You wouldn't never know it because they could fix anything. They can, they did so many things you wouldn't never know. But then going forward to uh, now having a girl uh, just helping her to understand her worth. And no matter what anyone says to her, she is valued. Helping my son understand his worth and helping them know that they can always have some comfort coming back home, but also teaching them the right and wrong treatment in corporate America versus being a business owner versus being a citizen, versus how to identify when it's not safe. Um, to the best of my ability with the experiences that I have and with the documentaries that we allow them to watch to see the real, the real part, not the, the lollipops and the happy rainbows. Let them see it because the time that we're living in now, they need to be self-aware so they can be prepared. And I hate that because it takes away a lot of our children's innocence way too fast. Um, but it's the time that we're living in. We don't want them to be unprepared. And so um, I cried I, when I told my son, I was like, okay, you can't wear your hoodie, but why? Okay. And I was like, well, okay, let me explain you what happened. And so just understanding that something as simple as a garment can cause you to be shot if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, especially in a Southern town, it is difficult but it's something that we have to attend to and deal with and head and, and head, I mean, and deal with the head on and don't be fearful about it to the fact of inactivity. Uh, it makes you a little uneasy, but for the most part, we can't allow that uncertainty, that, that unrest to stop us from letting our children know these things right now, because if they don't get it from us, they're going to get it outside and we want to make sure they understand their rights at the end of the day. So, uh, especially as, as a black man, whether you're fair skinned or not, um, it's, it's just very perplexing time that we're living in, put it like that for anyone of any person of color. It's a, it's a very unusual time. And I have to agree with you. It, it's, it's a hard time. 
especially for the, those of us that have experienced hard times in this life and thinking that because we have gotten our piece of the rock and overcome what most people call our struggles, we, we're just calling our piece of life. I, I know if your life is anything like my life, it's a crossover between one world versus another world. Mm -hmm. Going through what we experienced with Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, um, Aubrey, Marbury, um, and the list goes on and it happens every single day and it's reported to six o'clock news. As black podcasters, as people that are responsible for conversations in the media and educating people, I say this all the time and I'll close my show with, um, Education is not designed to make you comfortable, it's designed to make you think. How do we communicate the, our experience and this conversation, not only to, as, a, as a wife, a mother, um, to two children, um, an example and representative to our um, community, a reflection of whatever universities we grew up and graduated from, how do we communicate this for, so they will understand the plight and the value of us as people, not just black people, to the people that have no idea what's going on that think that our life was getting much better? How do you communicate that um, as a person and as a the responsibility um, in the media? How do you do that? Well, being that I have my own um, TV network and podcast network, we are totally invested in positive media. Um, telling, allowing individuals to tell their stories in their own words, because many times we tell our story in media on other people's platforms, and sad to say it is edited in such a way that makes us look in not such a good light. Right. And so the reason why I decided to, um, I would say, come from the shadow, so to speak, because I did a lot, a lot of work behind the scenes. And so in this season, I am in front of the camera most of the time in order to have these healthy conversations, the diverse conversations. that's not always easy to talk about. However, it has, that's why I have my show. Because many times we only know what individuals talk about, what is trending, which is normally not anything that's relevant, <laughs> what's trending. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole other story. I digress. Um, but it's up to us to bring up these topics and have a balanced discussion, not leaning too much on one side or the other because we are uh, the neutralists, we we're, we're, we're balancing and really helping them to understand from our perspective, what is going on living, breathing in the skin and what they see and what they think we are and deter them from the most stereotypes that we see on media about us, which is mostly not the case. Okay. And so, um, being that human trafficking is on the rise and everyone is, all races are included in human trafficking. However, people of color, African-Americans are the top, we're the top. And so just bringing awareness in the neighborhoods about that going to, because I go to uh, low income areas like the projects and go to areas where most people will not go speak at because they need that self-awareness, you know? And speaking to women about menstrual health and how black women or women of color, let me say that correctly, women of color, how hysterectomies are on the rise. 
not because they're not all the time necessary, quote unquote, it's because that's the only option that they're given. And just last year, over 600,000 hysterectomies was performed on women of color. Now- Population control? See, my, my personal opinion, I wanna go on record, this is my personal opinion. When you think about, we might not be thinking about this right now in the now, However, this is going to affect us 10, 20, 30 years from now because we're the children. The children are our legacy. The children are our future. So without them, we can build all this wealth. We can build all these platforms to have a voice. But if there's no one there to share, what, what are we doing it for? And so thinking about just giving them the education. If someone telling you you need a hysterectomy, go get a second, third opinion first, because it may not be necessary. It can be all the way down to the products that women use every single month that is filled with chemicals that are cancer causing things that's in it that's causing you to have the issue. You remove the problem, there you find your solution. That's why I provide health and wellness products, but most importantly, education first to let them know that all this stuff is not normal. We're taught to believe that it's normal, but it's not normal. And once you have the education along with the solution, then you see the benefit and not only benefit you, but it start benefiting every woman, every man that uh, comes after it because the men are affected by what's happened to the women. The women are affected as well. If the women were not having children, how are we gonna keep building our family legacy and women of color? 600,000 hysterectomies. I know some needed them, but all of it, I, I, I highly don't think that's necessary. Um, and so just having that education and self-awareness. So having my platform speaking on it, we just had an episode when we were speaking about human trafficking, being abducted and showing them the universal signs for you need help. So say for example, a woman or a boy, because black boys are in high demand on the black market. In case Eight people didn't know this. Eight to 13. They, they, yeah, they're being trafficked just as much as girls, but you just don't hear it. You know, black males, you don't hear any stories about young black males being adopted, but it's happening more and more frequently every single day. Um, just letting them know that, hey, this is the national sign. I need help. So if you see any child, any woman, any boy, regardless of race that does this, and they're in the car, they somewhere, they're letting you know that they need help. Um, and then sometimes maybe someone might call your home and they ask for pizza out the blue. Well, that's what's, what one woman did when she called 911 um, after being, you know, experiencing domestic violence. And then the 911 dispatcher actually caught on that she was trying to tell them that she was being abused and she needed help. And they caught on to it and sent someone and it saved her life. And so just bringing self-awareness to different things like that so that we can protect ourselves and so that we will know that these things are available. A lot of these services are available for free. Um, having these safe havens are available for free for a lot of cases um, and the education is out there. We just have to direct them to the resources. So I use my platform to not only uh, provide a platform for entrepreneurs to share what they do, um, and why they do what they do and their products and services, but most importantly, for us to control the media where we can share our voice, our purpose, our mission in our own words, unedited, 
coming from the source, that business owner, coming from that victim, so they can share um, their authentic self and don't have to worry about their story being mishandled. And that is the, the primary reason that I reached out to you. And we had a long talk our first time. We weren't even talking about being on each other's uh, podcast because in most businesses, we kind of do the same thing. In most businesses, we, we don't share the same platform, but we have a responsibility to our community and we have responsibility to the truth to create a new media. Um, before I go on and, and fast forward to, to present and talk about more the Tina Ramsey show, um, part of the reason I connected because you have a strong conversation uh, and connection to women, which I value because I was raised by my grandmother. But real quick, how does someone get in touch with you? I have various ways, but the quickest way, of course, is through uh, social media. Um, basically, they can just look up anything dealing with Coach Tina Ramsey. I, like I tell business owners, you have to be Googleable so people can have access to you. So they can find me at Coach Tina Ramsey. My name is spelled R-A-M-S-A-Y dot com. Um, they can go to CTR Media Network. That's where they'll see all the amazing podcasters that are there. And I encourage you to listen to them. Um, it's for free. You can just listen to those podcasts and information for free. And um, pretty much that is it other than going to the tinaramseyshow.com <laughs> and right. looking me up on social media. Pretty much the same between Coach Tina Ramsey, the Tina Ramsey Show, or CTR Enterprises Network, the variations, because all of them are different parts of the umbrellas, various umbrellas of my business. So you know, so they can find me pretty much anywhere. And, and when I talk about business, I'm not talking about black business because no matter what we do in business, if they look like us, we're black business owners, no, no matter what. But I'm going to tell you someone that is taking care of business is the Tina Ramsey. Oh. I, and I will tell you, sister, I'm so proud of you. Now, looking at the business of podcasting, all right? I have to say, I, I uh, sat in a room with 1,500 people during COVID. Somehow they forgot I was the only Black person in the room. And the conversation when they were talking about um, business and opportunities here in the United States, the conversation came just like this. If you want, he says, $8 billion that are left in the United States that are unaccounted for. And a long, dramatic pause came along. And then he says, my advice to everyone in this room, he says, invest in black. And he paused again. He says, and I'm going, all right, all right. I'm doing the right thing. I just launched my podcast. And he yeah. says, because they like shiny things, they are consumers. Never did he say anything about us being in business. When I realized black podcasters, male or female, are going to, is the untapped market according to SXM Media Radio, the research. It is growing. Marketing companies, because we know our message becomes personal and it returns back to the community. Instead of a, uh, attaching a celebrity to a brand and thinking that we're going to be foolish enough because you know someone drives a Lincoln that we're going to drive it, no. We're going to connect to companies that market to our community that are actively involved in giving back to the community. There are soda pop brands that vote against our freedom, that if we ever got together, their competitor will become number one instead of number two. 
We just got to educate our people on how to become number one and realize our value. As a black female, as a business owner, as a successful podcast entrepreneur, tell us about the Tina Ramsey Show. Okay, so the Tina Ramsey Show is all about motivating you, sharing knowledge, having upbuilding conversations that are centered around business, wellness, and life. And so we introduce you to some of the most amazing entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities that are making a positive impact in the world. So we're not just looking um, for a celebrity. We want one who is taking their celebrity and, and using it in a positive way to uplift and upbuild the communities around them in a positive way. So you more than likely will see the same theme going through all of our interviews because this year in particular is our message of hope series that we decided to do because of the times that we're living in. The last two years have been very, very difficult. And so providing them with resources, providing our audience with resources and uh, hope at the end of the day, because many people just simply lost hope and we want to let them know that we have their back and uh, how can I say it? Connect them with resources, beneficial that they can either do it anonymously because they don't want people to know because sometimes within our community, I don't want anybody to know that I'm going to a therapist, but I know I need to go to a therapist. So attaching them to the right entities that are there to support and help them through difficult times. And so the Tina Ramsey show, that's what we're all about. But, and I started the show just as a platform to just share uh, and have a safe place. Uh, starting as a tribute to my father because I got sick and tired of seeing black men treated in such a way and looked at as such fearsome individuals like the first initial thing when you look at media is you should fear in a negative way yeah you should respect but why is this fear? You feel unsafe, you want to clutch your bag when you see them coming. We don't want to rob you. We want to just keep what we have, you know? So as a tribute to my father, I started that platform to amplify and share as many men of color as possible that are making positive impact in the world. And then women of color also sharing about health and wellness. And we, right now we have a really, really diverse base from all different colors. However, the heart of it was to start to share black men in a positive light. And it just grew to women and all races that all feel the same heartfelt love for humanity. And so it's just been a great experience. And then we, we piggyback off of that and said, hey, we need to provide a cost-effective platform for podcasters to come share their podcast with the world because we noticed that the prices uh, is so expensive. I've been in media for a minute now and we talking big, like at least four figures um, to, to, to actually be able to get on the platform and they don't have the training, they're just investing and they're not seeing a return on the investment and it's a lot of money, right? And so 
been working, working very diligently to find a solution to that problem that was cost effective that will allow everyday people doing extraordinary things, a platform in which they can invest a little but gain a lot, okay, and be able to have a voice. And being that I know and my team and I know how to position and help people, uh, podcasts or television show, get them on Roku, um, Amazon Fires, Sony TV, get them on iHeartRadio, all these different things. We know that. And so we do our best to keep it PowerPoint, cost effective, but still providing premium service so they can experience that red carpet, or I like to say purple carpet, rolled out to them um, because royalty is purple. So just helping them see that they are, we need you. We need your voice. I'm looking for all the everyday people. Celebrities and major influencers, they have platforms, but what about the everyday true heroes, the unsung heroes that are keeping the communities going? That grandmother, great-great-grandfather who inspired the, the generations to keep going. What about them? What about the aunties, the cousins, the moms and dads who never get recognition? Or they have an idea, but they let those dreams go because they became a parent. Um, or they something happened and they decided that I'm not gonna do me, I'm gonna help everybody else. Well, this is your time. This is your time. You're never too old to do what you want to do. You're never too old for dreams, okay? We put an expiration date on our dreams. Whoever said that you have to, you can't dream and you can't do new, thing, new things past 30 or 40 or 50 years old, who said that? Who, I mean, who said it? So I'm just reshaping minds. And like, I have like students that are 60 and 75 years old that would say, Tina, you helped me live a lifelong dream. I never thought I could do it. And I'm like, you can do anything. As long as you have breath and air in your body, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> you know, it's just the point of you doing it and having somebody to give you that confidence and give you that guidance so that you know that you know that you know, right? And so that's basically what the whole just behind the Tina Ramsey Show and podcast, the whole just behind why we built CTR Media Network for everyday people doing extraordinary things. And so we are, our goal is to keep doing it until we get 100 podcasters. And so far we have, I, I, I can't think of the last count, but everyone is enjoying it and they're getting beneficial help for so many amazing people from all over the world. So we're happy. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be funny when my team looks at this um, um, video when, uh, cause we don't edit much. We just make sure that we, we make you look good. And then goes, why'd you bring your competition to the game? I said, she's not my competition. She's no. my sister. She's my sister. We do the same thing. We're having the same purpose. And I, I, and I always say this, and I actually was working on a book, my next book today is no one can do this one thing alone. And for what our listeners are taking away from this is look at the two people that are having this conversation with you. And I'm going to tell you, okay, there's 241 million people in the United States, 8 billion on this planet. And I say with a great deal of respect, great, great deal um, respect, admiration is that 350 million of those people worldwide tune in to the Tina Ramsey show. All right. So one more time, how does people, how do people get in touch with you? 
they can go just like to the tinaramseyshow.com. That's R-A-M-S-A-Y. They can go to ctrmedianetwork.com. They can also go to uh, coachtinaramsey.com, all of which are, like I said, I have one business that have an umbrella of different services uh, for business owners and regular people. We even help you with homeschooling because I have been homeschooling my children 10 years now. And so I use that education. I am also the co-founder to the largest uh, Facebook group for homeschoolers of color. Right now we have over 11,000 homeschoolers worldwide of color that's in that group uh, today to provide support for them and just be a safe haven. And we also have the homeschooling magazine, all of which you can look up on issues and you just put in a search in CTR Enterprises Publishing and you will not only see my magazine, but you will see a conglomerate of other magazines as well because we believe that true power is not when you own this thing by yourself, is when you collaborate and work with others. And so that's the only way personally that I feel that we're gonna make it through this if we learn to come together and stop looking at each other as competition, but looking at each other as a resource to build and position not only ourselves, but the generations that's coming behind us. And so that's why I love what you're doing. And I'm gonna bring you on my show because I need them to know there's another podcast that you need to be hopping on, okay? It's not just Tina Ramsey. It's a whole lot of us and we can build our own visibility networks all (laughs) over. So it's enough room, literally, it's enough room for all of us. Come on now. We got we to gotta stop that scarcity mindset. It's enough room for everybody. What's for him is for him. What's for me, for me, and what's for you is for you. No one can take that. You are the original. There's no other Tina Ramsey but me. There's no other it. Kevin but Kevin. You got I'm, it. We may do the same thing, but we bring our own specialty uniqueness to it, okay? Yes. So you're going to get something different from each one of us. And so I just simply love meeting like-minded individuals. We far and few in between. (laughs) We're very far and few in between. I'm like, people, come on, my people. We have to stop fighting against each other and working together. We can't do this. We we cannot do this life uh, alone. And we solo is not the Jacksons. The Jacksons (laughs) always are going to have Michael. All right. So you have to remember that. Um, Tina, my sister, if you had one ask, ASK, and you knew that it could come true. And I I will say this out of all, I'm I'm approaching almost my 100th episode. And I've had a half a dozen people who put their dream out there. And I'm going to ask you to ask big that came true. My listeners our listeners have a higher call to action than most people. They don't drive by an accident. They stop to help. And we have some people out there that are in very powerful, powerful positions that listens to both of us. I need you to sit back. I want you to inhale and I want to exhale and I want you to ask. And when I ask you to ask, I'm going to tell you to ask big. All right. Don't ask for a seat. Um, to, to have a seat next to Oprah. I'm going to put a chair behind her and say, wish granted. All right. <laughs> Ask in, in great detail. Tina Ramsey, go ahead with your ask. My ask 
is for all of us to come together to support and uh, come on the CTR Media Network podcast platform. My goal is to make sure that all of us shine and my team and I. And so I want to be known as the number one black woman of color that has the largest, most productive, insightful, resourceful podcast network on the planet that people know they can come to, to get homeschooling, business, education, life tips, whatever the case may be. They know that they have a one-stop shop of a conglomerate of amazing people that are all sharing and building each other up along the way. So I want to be known for having the number one podcasting network. All my heart, all my tenacity is going behind this podcast network because I know that at this time, this is my purpose. Because the way things are falling in line, it's only God that's putting this together. Because I was like, ain't no, no way. I'm losing my grandma. Ain't no way. <laughs> you know, I can do it. And he's just maneuvering it. So, hey, you ask, you receive. I want to see this go to the full fruition and to be able to pass this along to generations to come. That they'll always have a place um, to be safe and to share their voice in their own words. And, um, and ultimately be able to uh, not only do this, but do it with monetization, okay? Teaching them, because I also teach my podcasters how to monetize what they're doing. So many of us have these podcasts giving all this value and we are, we're not receiving any monetary benefit. And so I teach my podcasters on my network, not only how they have to, they invest a little bit on the platform to keep it going, but also how to take that and um, monetize what they do through sponsorships, through um, collaborations, through uh, various different ways of monetizing. Because to be honest with you, podcasting can be very, very uh, beneficial and lucrative if you know what to do. Um, and just teaching them how to do it. Because my goal is to teach uh, 100, to build 1,000, and that 1,000 build a million. And I can just sit back and just watch it grow and flourish and build that true legacy that we all speak of all the time. And we do it from the comfort of our home. You never have to leave your house, not unless you want to. It, it, yeah. it sounds like we need to create a summit, uh, a weekend workshop and whatever to bring people together and show them how to do this. Little yeah, by it, little. It's truly, it's a blessing that now, regardless of where you come from, whether it's the projects, the suburbs, wherever the case is, everyone has access and i'm gonna tell you what even if you are a low-income family you live in the projects because i came from the projects so let's just put it out that that that, that. you know i say that because my grandma lived in the projects and i was there at her house most all the time so i'm like i live in the projects <laughs> you know mm. so the thing is this even the government gives people a phone now even if i mean they give them good phones Okay, they have internet access. On average, a person gets 250 minutes of a month of free airtime. Say, for example, you use 100 of those minutes to do a podcast. Okay, a podcast that can you can help flip to put some income in your home, some finances during this hard time, even if it's $500, an extra thousand, extra 200. Think about how that could change your life on a small scale, but then when you start building your brand, 
how you can actually end up leaving that nine to five if that's what you wanted to do. If that's what you want to do. And then you can become an expert, a trainer, and a coach and still run your podcast, which is additional stream of income. Then you add TV to it, streaming TV, which makes your podcast more desirable because now you're not only on a podcast, you're on TV. And being able to do all that cost effective. Think about how that can change your life. All of which you can do remotely and do not have to leave your home. Use these devices for the good and not just gossip or whatever you do with them or just streaming on social media. Use it to put something back into your household, whether it's groceries, some gas in the car, whatever the case may be. <laughs> but use it for a good productive way. Um, still have fun, but use it also for something that's productive. So that's what I do, my team and I. We teach you how to make uh, streams of income through this media, um, whether you just began or not. My, my love is teaching newbies teaching people who already have podcasts and just never monetized it and then showing them like hey hey you do it like this like this like that like that then you see this benefit keep on working once you hit it it's gonna start boom 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 and then like, i never thought i said i know <laughs> but it's there that's that in that's that what you said eight billion or eight eight billion on the planet 241 million in the united states of america and how many did the guy say it? Because he didn't realize you was in the room. Uh, it, it was 1,500 people. And I was the only person. I was the only black person mm -hmm. in the room. They they overlooked me when they made this. Mm -hmm. And he said, how much money was on the table that we eight, leave on the table? $8 billion. Okay. Before. But what the message is, they're looking for that $8 billion to put in their pocket. I know, but we we flipping it. That's my point. Yep. That eight, that, that. That eight billion, guess what? We can be, we can take some of that eight billion. Okay, we can take all of it. Be honest with yep. you. Because if we, work, if we, we work together. Yeah, because to be honest with you, African Americans or people of color spend a trillion dollars at minimum a trillion dollars a year in being consumers. We need to stop all the time being the consumer. Sure, we need to buy some things, but we need to start being producers of content, producers providing platforms. We need to be in position as producers, not just a consumer, because every other race sees people of color as a dollar sign because we buy and invest in everybody but ourselves. We, we, I'm not we, saying we like, that you don't invest in other people, but we need to start with us first. OK, yeah. I'm not saying not to do other because I do business with everybody, but we need to start with ourselves first. OK, everybody else do it. So why can't we do it? Then our children won't be lacking anything. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I get too passionate. Well, Go ahead, kid. Well, when you interview me, you can bring on that conversation because I'm not one of those people who said the interview is all about me because I don't like to talk about me that much. But, um, but I will tell you, there's a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or 16-year-old boy or girl out there that is sitting, looking outside their window, and they probably have the same view that you and I had growing up. Because the life that I live now is not the life that I was born into. The only difference is I saw hope. I saw opportunity. Um, there were people that supported me. Tina, I need you to be that beacon of hope right now for that one little boy, that one little girl, no matter what his or, or her color is. 
that are sitting, looking at or hearing conversations of what they can't do are trying to be groomed to um, be in a gang because that's what they believe their legacy was left up to or on the phone with a stranger that is grooming them to go outside of the comfort of their home into a world that would imprison them for the rest of their, their life. That conversation, let's leave them with a message of hope. So Tina Ramsey, I'm going to allow you to close off this show, okay, with a message to a child. All right. So my message of hope to young children, regardless of what color you is, because I love all children, I love everyone, but I want you to understand that your current situation does not dictate your future, okay? I want you to rest into this. Your current situation, you may have a parent who's a drug addict, an alcoholic, living in a home with domestic violence. You may be living in a foster care system. You may be uh, homeless, but I want you to know that your current situation is not the determination of your future. You have everything within you to change your life. Now, everything is not all the time happening as quickly as we want, but you have access to libraries, you have access to the internet, you have access to Google, you have access to all of our platforms where you can come and get these great information from a variety of different perspectives. And I want you to figure out what you love to do. What are you good at? Are you good at playing games? Because a lot of you love to play games, right? But did you know that there are platforms that will pay you to play those games? <gasps> yes, they will pay you to play those games. Did you know that there are platforms that will pay you what I would like to call being a walking billboard to wear their merchandise, to do different things like that? You can be reviewing products and receive compensation um, in the form of money or in regards of products. I want you to sit down and think about what you're good at and whatever you're good at, whatever makes you smile, even on your most saddest moment, I want you to think about what put a smile on your face that you're good at. And then I want you to start putting a price to it. It's just as simple as that. It's just as simple as that. Put a price to it because someone needs that information or someone needs what you are doing. There's a market for you. You just have to believe it. And that's my message of hope. Everyone has what's inside of them. You can just unlock your potential and just keep moving. And if it doesn't work, try again. Every great success, every great story came with a lot of faith. I failed so many times. Oh my goodness. <laughs> see, you only see the successes, but you didn't see all those times, those years, the fail, the fail, the fail. But it only takes that one time to hit your solution. And you forget about all those moments you failed. You're like, oh, whatever, because I, I figured it out and I made it now. So I don't want you to give up. Failure is just another way of you learning how to do it differently to get to your solution. Failure is not a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when you, when you stop working. So keep the hope alive, like my grandma used to say. <laughs> Keep the hope alive, number one. And number two, know that you have everything that you need to change your life. If you don't like it, you have the power within you to change it. 
And number three, use all the resources that you have available in order to position yourself now with what you need to go on to that next step. And number four, whatever it is that you absolutely love to do, I want you to start being your own advocate. I want you to research that particular thing that you do, look at how much people are charging for it. And then you, because you're an amateur at the moment, you go a little bit below that price. And then you start promoting yourself. Use this social media not to be doing these selfies. This is just showing up. Start positioning and showing what you have to offer. Get with some business owners like ourselves so we can show you how to get an LLC or a sole proprietorship or an a, a S-Corp, a C-Corp. All this stuff is available for you. And if you're a color or if you're a minority, it's different programs that you can have. It's people who are looking for you. You just have to make yourself be found. Do not do the easy route. The easy route is to go to the games. The easy route is to go do what everyone else is doing. You do not have to sell your soul for a dollar, okay? You do not have to do that. I don't care what's going on around you. You do not have to have that life. You do not have to have your life. Change your mind. Live outside of what you see. I was in the projects with my grandma 20% of the time, I mean, 90% of the time because my parents worked um, during the week after school. But I, I mean, I was home with them every single day. Well, I'd say about 50. But I would just say this. When I saw what was going on in the project, it didn't bother me. You know why? Because I knew that I had better. My grandma always spoke positively. My mother and my father told me, my grandma told me that I was going to be a model. I laughed. <laughs> yeah, right. Me, a model. Okay. Well, guess what happened? About a year or two ago, I am an ambassador for two boutiques. I'm modeling their clothes. I'm in their catalogs. Okay. Speak positivity over your life. I promise you it will work. I promise you it will work. Just don't give up. And that's my message of hope because I get crying when I speak to about the babies. They get me all worked up. <laughs> no, no, no. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, you have just been presented with a million dollar conversation and we're giving it to you for free. We have covered so much information and we hope at some point this episode that we have shared with you has enlightened you and has touched you in some kind of way that it will change the view from your window of where you sit right now. If you wanna get in touch with Tina Ramsey, you can go to YouTube and, and look up the Tina Ramsey Show. You can go to her Facebook page and look up Tina Ramsey show as well as her Instagram page. Um, she has a uh, place on Clubhouse. I mean, literally, you cannot turn a page and not have Tina Ramsey show up on that page. 350 million people follow her and listen to her. Her brother on the other side of um, this, this country follows her and listens to her. She is much respected. Do not take this knowledge that we passed on to you for granted. You have to remember, we give you the content for free. Access to the content, you've got to make a personal investment in. That's the reason why both platforms, we have very unique individuals that believe in their dreams. And the first person that has to invest in their dream is yours truly. So it doesn't come free. But the continuous education, the support, the encouragement, that is priceless. 
So with that said, my grandfather always said that when you get to a point in life that you can um, help someone else, it's your duty to do so. He said, reach one, teach one. My hashtag is find 1,000 reasons to be kind to someone. Adapt that. And with that said, Tina, you have an open chair on this platform forever, for life. Matter of fact, I'm going to bring back 100 girls with curls because I'm looking for someone to take that seat for one queen, two kings, where we showcase dynamic women that are doing dynamic things, that are positioning themselves in the community, that are giving back to young women, not just of color, but young women providing hope. And also with the two kings, we showcase the man that stands with the queen, not on her, supporting her, protecting her, encouraging her, and giving her a safe place to land and pushing her out center stage in order to allow her to have her presence because he's a strong man. That's two kings. We're going to invite you back with your husband. I am going to have a strong conversation of saying that when we relaunch this podcast, that you be that queen and the two kings will support you. So I, I hope that you share this platform, you share this interview, and I'm hoping, I'm not hoping, this is going to go viral because every educator that is trying to reach a child, and for some reason the government education is quite not reaching that individual, they play this at least once in a classroom to let some little boy or some young lady know that hope is alive and they have someone that will champion their dream. So with that said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talking With Kevin and Son, and we fade to black and we're out.